Welcome to the NY Patriot Show. In this episode, I got Heidi with me, and she will be, ex- uh, I guess, explaining her escape from Mormonism, in a <laughs> sense, <laughs> which I'm very, uh, very excited to have on. I mean, I think uh, my listeners already know I love talking about Mormonism. In my opinion, before we get into it, it's just I, th- I think obviously my listeners already know, but my opinion with Mormonism is that occultism may be at the root of it. You know, I oh, think I yeah. think that's a huge possibility. So that is kind of one of the reasons why I'm very intrigued <clears throat> by uh, Mormonism. And I am also lucky enough to have the one and only Teresa from Spiritual Gangsters co-hosting with me. What is Ooh. up, T? Oh, man, that's a new one. That's a I like new it. One. Yeah, we always like have to it. try to think of like new intros for yeah. each other. You, you have to one. do the hand sign. You have to be like, T. Right? Yeah. I'm gonna do that next. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you did it wrong. I know. Just I'm not oh, I'm, I'm not that. that no, you know. no, he did it wrong. He <laughs> didn't do it. He you did, did it good. <laughs> you know, my my ghetto side. I'm kidding. Um but yeah, what's up? I'm from I'm from the trailer park. Ghetto is fine. <laughs> it works. Uh, yeah, it works. I grew up there. I grew up there. So, all right. I'm happy. I'm excited to be here. I'm from the Unfiltered Rise podcast. Um, I'm newer, but I think I have a lot to say, which is why I ended up in podcasting on a a total accident. I am not. Well, I am now. I was not a podcaster. Um, I actually just took some pictures and sent them to one of my favorite podcasters, which was Josh Monday and Jason at the Josh Monday Christian Conspiracy Show. And I said, hey, I saw this at a high school and it's and it's a famous high school. It's the um, high school they filmed the high school musical at in in Salt Lake City. Oh. And I, it's ironically right down from the temple anime sonic lodge but we'll get into that no another day <laughs> so anyways there's this huge mural on the wall and i was like oh this is creepy and culty and weird so i sent it to him and i just said this is what's up and he's like okay isaac weishop jr like you broke that down crazy like why don't you just come on the show and talk about it and i was like because i'm not a podcaster and he's like, well, I don't live in Utah and I don't know a whole lot about Mormons. So now you are. And I was like, whoa, he's like, just do a show, you know. So, OK. So I did. And uh, I went on and just thought it was a one and done. I, I had my son's little puzzle light like for, <laughs> and like a phone. And that I think that was oh, and my earphones. Yeah. And so we made it through that one. And then he said, oh, you were Mormon. I love to talk about Mormons. So like we went on, did a Mormon show. And then we went on again, did another Mormon show. So yeah, I think I noticed that on your podcast when I checked out your podcast. So the Josh Monday episode was like you were the guest actually, right? Yes. Yes. And so he, he just said, I want you to know something because, because I know you don't really want to like do, do this, but like you had a whole bunch of hits on this, like a lot. And he's like, I think maybe you should tell your story because maybe you can help people. Well, he hit me in the, in the nurse fields. Cause like, that's what I do. Right. I help people. Like that's my whole, I'm very grace driven, mercy motivated person. And I started thinking about it and I was like, dang. And do I you ever wonder real it. quick, do you ever wonder if that yeah. came due to being Mormon? 
Uh, actually, that was totally my family. I can I, I can go there. Uh, well, could that even be it. an influence from being Mormon? Because that's, you know, the whole thing yeah. of like you're always there to pamper somebody. Well, and y- there's only so many actually acceptable um, working jobs that you can do outside of your home as a Mormon and nursing is one. I mean, oh, wow. they're not going to tell you that. They're not going to say that to you. They're just going to look at you wrong oh, every time you, yeah. I had actually, something. I think what I, I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. I think I had heard because of that with the jobs and like, you know, women, I guess like in Mormonism was only yep. certain acceptable jobs. That's why MLMs have become big. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't even got to leave the house now. Oh, no. that yep. makes And they're legal sense. in Utah. Yep. You have to, you have to stay. Well, you don't. Okay. Listen, they don't bring out some doctrine that says you have to stay home. Okay. I don't want to misrepresent anything because I want to be truthful. They t- strongly encourage you that your job is in the home because that that's like, it's very a patriarchal, like, you know, thing. They're like the men are the men, the women should, there's roles. And so, mm-hmm. um, I always kind of missed it. Like, because I took care of everyone, even as a kid. And I'm like, yeah, the dad at my house sucked. So I don't think so, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. and, uh, so I was always different and it, and I felt it, you know, I, I, I felt that hard, but, um, so growing up, if you don't fit the stereotypical mold, if you're not the stereotypical wife, if you're not the perfect person, whatever, whatever it becomes, there's not shunning per se until later. They're not quite like Jehovah's witnesses that way. But there is definitely look looking down like, oh, she doesn't do this. Or, oh, if you haven't been to the temple, you you don't have the special underwear. So you're not as good as I am. So, you know, and then it, it becomes very materialistic, to be quite honest. And we'll get there, too. But it's very being in the Mormon church is like being on the Kardashians, but really, really moral. So. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> I'm like, what did she wear to church? Oh my god, she wore a dress with no shoulders and yeah, it's a whole big deal. Mm. So you know what I have found interesting? Whenever I have seen like Mormon uh families like on TV or like on reality TV, they got fucking money. Oh yeah. Well, it is the richest church for a reason. But I don't think it is as much because of church influence. It's because of Masonic type crap where they all help each other out so it's just like the masons they all help each other out they know those handshakes by the way we have them too we're missing two of them but we have those handshakes i'll get into that but yeah we they all help each other out you know that's what it is if you're if you're good enough if you give enough money if you're if there's a lot of ifs involved so better mind your p's and q's and not have any coffee so if you if you don't <laughs> if you don't mind maybe um give the listeners a little bit of a sure. just an idea I, I I you might have mentioned it already I I know we no. spoke about it beforehand uh, you were born into Mormonism so yes. I think that's a difference if you could just like also just I guess give people just a basic idea of yeah. like you know I guess how long you were in it I was in oh yeah, I was yeah. in um okay so I was born into it however my parents were what we like to call Jack Mormon and I forget like it's kind of funny because I become the Mormon expert and I, I I told Josh I'm like oh I'm not an expert he's like uh like, yes you are you know a lot of stuff like but in Utah it's not it's like everyone knows the stuff so Jack Mormons are something we call people that go uh to 
church once in a great while, like Christmas, maybe Easter. We were laughing about that. It's just like, they just don't go, but they kind of live it. But I'll tell you what, I've had some arguments with Jack Mormons and they almost have a stronger testimony than the people that are there every day of the week. Cause they're like, they will fight you to the death. And I'm like, you don't even go. You're smoking a cigarette and having a coffee. What are you talking about? And they're like, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if it's cause they feel bad or, but yeah, my husband wow. always laughs about that. He's like, if you're going to argue with somebody that's never going to back down. It'll be a Jack Mormon. So I was born into it. I was blessed into it. You get blessed as a baby, kind of like um, the Catholics do the little baptism for their babies. We do a blessing. We don't do any water baptizing. We just get a name that the men all stand up in a circle and put the baby in the middle and they all raise their hands to the square and put, put it on each other's shoulders and do a priesthood blessing. And you can't be in the circle unless you're a, a Melchizedek priesthood holder. So I was blessed into it. And then at eight years old, I was baptized and um, I was pretty much active my whole life, even though my parents weren't because I had some really nice neighbors. Now, that's one thing I want to say before we get too deep is that Mormon people are awesome. Most of them. They're nice people. Oh, it's the Most same thing. Them. It's yeah. the same thing. And I, I, yeah. I'll preface this myself. And I've said it before, even on my own shows. Even when I'm talking about like even people in the OTO or the Masons, yeah, for yeah. the most part, they're actually not like the thing. The people that are involved with making this world shitty, right? It has nothing. Right. To, they have nothing to do with well, that. The, and the Masons are encouraged to be good to their brethren and and help people, and they have like charities, and you know, I mean, they're encouraged to help their fellow man. I've checked into it. Like it's very, it's very similar like that. But like the normal person just going to church, I didn't know a lot of this stuff until I was out. So like you go backwards and start wondering, my whole thing was, I want to know what the hell happened to me in the temple. Cause I knew it was weird. And I was like, okay, that's not good. So at 17 long story, I did seminary my whole, I graduated from seminary. So I did four years of, uh, seminary teaching of Mormon teaching. We go to school and we take one period out either before school, in school or after school to do, it's like catechism. And we just, go for four years and learn everything about the church. Then the boys go on a mission as soon as they graduate, usually about 19. They go for two years. They dedicate their life. They pay for those missions, by the way. Um, No, that's a whole big thing. Um, They have to pay. They set a certain amount. So like if some kid goes to Japan, he still pays the same amount as a kid in Iowa. Okay. Like it's not, it's not terrible. I think the church does move the money around a little, but um, not probably as much as what I'm sure they own all the properties. I'm sure they're making money. I, I, I don't even want to go there. Cause that would, that will be all the whole episode. But so that happens to them and they can't date. They can't talk to women like other than without a companion, they talk to their families. It used to only be on Christmas and mother's day, but they had to change it because too many people were having mental breakdown. Go figure, send a little kid out into the world. That's not like wow. ever been away from his parents. And then they have to be with their companion everywhere they go. So like, except the bathroom and they go through the temple and they have their little stuff. And then they, they go and teach new members. They're the door knockers, like the Jehovah's witnesses. So they do that for two years. Girls can go, but they can't go till they're 21. So they really strongly encourage us to get married. That's why we can't go till we're 21. They won't tell you that. They won't say you can't go till then. They just say, Oh, that's just because but we all know what it's for. 
So at 17, like every good Mormon girl, I got married. Um, I was a childhood bride. I wasn't graduated high school. My parents had to sign for me and he was 25. Yes, we get to choose our own husbands. No, we're not pushed into anything. My grandpa was just a little crazy about like he found out we were messing around and he was like, well, 25 year old man. You can marry my daughter or you can go to prison. <laughs> he was mad. He was so mad, but we were already like into it. We, we liked each other and it was fine at the time. Now I'm like stupidest. I mean, it was senior prom and I'm getting married. Yeah. So good. <laughs> like dumbest decision oh. I ever made. No. Oh my gosh. And if I, if I didn't have my beautiful children from him, literally, because I was like, so such a messed up person because of my family mm. that I was like, Oh, he's bipolar. It's fine. He's bipolar. He takes his pills and he was just out of alcohol rehab and he doesn't have a car and he's divorced and has a kid. And yeah, it's fine. It's fine. We're At 25? Make it. Yeah. And he was in the Air Force, which was the only thing that was going for him. But he was a good guy for a long time until, and I shit you not, this really happened. And no, this isn't normal. And no, they shouldn't do this. I lost my husband to a polygamist girl. And she was already married. And she was the third wife. They just worked together. And I'm like, you've, I, yeah, your face was my face. I was like, you're leaving me for a little house on the prairie. Like what? Like, is she, was she going to leave the other dude or no? Um, I don't, she never did. And he was super abusive, but she was like a defective wife. So I think she felt bad because she was the secretary at his work. And so I think she felt bad because she lost her uterus after her first child. Well, that's, that's like, oh, that's what she meant by defective. She's defective. Yeah, she can have any more babies and she's the youngest wife. And that's what her job was. You know, like your job is to have babies if you're the youngest wife. So um, did you ever um, see, um, sorry to interrupt you. It's just some of these things that you're saying. Stranger than fiction, man. No, it's just bringing me back to like ideas of Handmaid's Tale, that show, that movie. Oh, I felt like if you couldn't have kids, you're 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 getting thrown. I mean, you're practically. Yeah. Yeah. She was, um, and she was a pretty girl. She was young. She was nice. I mean, ish. I was mad, so whatever. You know, but, like, she kept doing it. So it was, yeah. I mean, the cops came. We'll just end it with the cops came. (laughs) Because the second time I was, like, the first time I was nice. Now I'm pissed. So um, that was enough of that. And he ended up back on meth and in the streets. I couldn't even get him to divorce him for two years. I was like. And then I got punished for that. So we'll get into that one too about the temple. So I grew up like that. My family was a wreck. Um, So I really leaned on the church because they really are there for you. Like everything before you go to the temple is amazing. Okay. Everything before you go there is like you have church meeting and then you have primary for kids and they sing and it's great. And it's very indoctrinating. Um, now, now, when you I, say temple, I just, I just want to you know, paint no, a picture gonna, for the listeners. Yeah, the temple. Um, are you talking about like those big, nice, fancy ones? Or are you talking about mm-hmm. like, the, oh, so you oh, were, yeah. so now, now I thought I could be wrong. I thought you actually had to be like kind of important or be up there in the Mormon church to even attend those temples. Nope. Okay. So what you have to be is you have to be um, worthy. They call it worthy. So every church member has the opportunity, whether you have status, wealth, whatever it does, that doesn't matter to them, but you have to pay your tithing. So even if you're broke, 
they'll tell you, you pay your tithing the 10%. And I'm like, well, then we won't have food. Like I'm 17 and he's a broke idiot. You know what I mean? Like I didn't know. And (laughs) we're living like, it's not good. And he's like, no, no, you pay the tithing. We'll give you food or we'll help you with rent or we'll help you. That's Mm -hmm. right. They still want you to pay the tithing no matter what. No matter what. So it's all about um, obedience. Wait, so they, they'd rather, wait, so they, they still want you to mm-hmm. tithe, but then if they have to give yep. you money, they'll still give it to you. But. I, I, I guarantee you. Like they give you like food, like goods. Yes. I guarantee you that's goods. somehow some tax type of shit right there. Well, and you have to go work at the Bishop's storehouse and help can the food or do some work or whatever. And then you also, like we ended up being janitors for free. Like they get all this stuff for free for people that they help. So they trade everything for their buildings, all their maintenance, all, all their upkeep. I was scrubbing toilets for that cottage cheese. Like it, nothing is free, you know? And so, I mean, maybe sometimes they do it just for a write-off, but yeah. And so you have to have that. You have to not break the word of wisdom, which is coffee, tea, smoking. You have to be chaste. I guess my ex-husband missed that one. You're not supposed to be having sex with other people, stuff like that. What's with the the coffee, tea thing? So, and smoking. Yeah, drugs, anything. Well, actually, so many people get this wrong. So this is what the actual word is. The word isn't caffeine at all. And actually, the real word, the real word is you should not have hot drinks. Well, back then, and and the church Oh, so cold brew is okay. Yeah, right? (laughs) So I'm like, and they have hot chocolate, which has way more caffeine in it than a cup of coffee. If you really, so they actually manufacture hot cocoa. So in their Bishop storehouse. So it is not, and they own Coca-Cola. Don't let them fool you. <laughs> so wait, wait, wait. So I bought this product that my friend sells. And then I realized afterwards that it's probably a Mormon MLM. Once I got the <laughs> yeah, package, I was like, Provo, is Utah. It, I was like, no. It, <laughs> is it the patch? Yeah, the no, TH? It's, no? uh, it's called Amare, Amare Global. And it's like a neurotropic so it's a drink oh. mix you put okay. this in your drink and it gives you a caffeine like effect without caffeine and that yes. makes sense yes <laughs> and also somebody just chatted in that he he saw people back in the day have spittoons and he's not wrong and this is what happened with the smoking it used to be okay to have um tobacco products but his they used to do the meetings in his home in joseph smith's home and his wife got so sick of cleaning up the floor because the men would spit on the floor that joseph smith wrote that he had a revelation that nobody should have tobacco anymore because back then cigarettes weren't really a thing as much. It was like a pipe or, you know, the chew and it was messy. So I'm like, okay, that's fun. So <laughs> I'm like, you can't have any of that. Yeah. Oh, wow. You, and Intense. you, yep, you can't. So, but now it's translated. So everything changes in the church, right? So eventually they're like, okay, now we have cold brewed like your like teas or coffee whatever okay so now they're like ooh, uh-oh we better not have uh caffeine it kind of got twisted but they don't say that they just say well you can't drink coffee and tea but you can go drink ginseng tea or you can drink whatever else 
you know? So they don't care about that. And then it's like very, all of Mormonism, there's always an exception to the rule. Like it is so, and they'll change it constantly, which we'll talk about. But so you have to do that. And you go in and have a meeting with your bishop and you talk to him about all the things. And they like, and this used to happen to me even as a kid, because when you're 12, you go do baptisms for the dead and you have to have the same interview. So the bishop like nicely sits there. You're all alone, 12, 13, 14. And he's like, so do you masturbate? So if you do masturbate, how do you masturbate? And what did you think of? And how did you do it? And what did you do? And what? did you use lotion? And like, I'm serious. And it got real creepy. And I think there was a lot of people that flipped out like parents. <laughs> Eventually, not in my era, they kept on going with it. And I was like, so the first thing you learn in Mormonism is you must be perfect. And I don't do anything. Forget it. You don't, you're not going to go back in there and say that again. Like, that's so weird. And so you just start lying like crazy. And everybody's supposed to be this morally clean and half the girls end up pregnant. So I'm like, yeah, great. Okay, whatever. You know, so you have to have that. What else? You have to be a full tithe pair. Um, and when I say a full tithe pair, they sit you down at tax season and they take you your financials and you sit down with them and they look at your gross income, not your net. And they go over if you actually did it. And if you didn't do it, you have to, you have to pay it back. You're deficited to the church. And they're like worse than the IRS. Yeah, they're way worse. And so they want to know all the things about everything about your whole entire life. And so that's fun. And then you're not supposed to, you know, do drugs, but not, not pharmaceutical drugs. And you're not supposed to get tattoos, but you can have breast implants, but, and every woman in the church does, I'll tell you, like I said about the Kardashians, it'll, it'll come up. Like everybody is like so perfect and they're women like constantly are having mental breakdowns. Everybody's depressed and the church owns stock in pharmaceuticals. So when weed started getting like approved everywhere, you know, Utah was one of the last people. And even now it's only approved for medical and they almost make it like impossible for normal people. Like it's $250 to get your medical card and you have to re-up it every three months for $250. Yeah. And then you can't, that doesn't cover the weed. That's just the card. And then you go in to the pharma pharmacy to get your weed and you can only buy it from the pharmacy. And it's like highly expensive. Oh, like out it, here. It's not even worth it. I, I've, I've taken a look at some mm -hmm. of the shops that are out here. I'll still get it off the guy yep. in the streets. Yeah. It's more expensive it's and it's, it's not as good. Yeah. And I'm like, this is wild. And the, so, the thing that weirds me out is like, these things are also like regulated by the government. It's like, I, yeah, yeah. What's in there? Who knows? You know, so, I'm so like, I've never even heard. It. It's like, you go to look these companies up and you don't even find them online. Yep. Like, and then so once, once you do all this, you may as well take that damn pill because, and the church wants you to, they're real funny about it because they own stock in a lot of pharmaceuticals and they actually came out to their congregation can we say like the vid stuff or should I like code word it? Okay. Yeah. So the thing that from 2020 that will never go away, they actually came out and said to every single member that they should get the thing that cures it, cures it in church, in church. Ooh. So many people that were completely against it went and did it and did it to their children and did it in general. And because they want to follow the prophet and the prophet knows everything, but also the prophet's just a man if he's wrong and you can't blame him. So 
I don't know which one it is, but that's what they always say. Like they always are like, well, he's the prophet and he's divinely, you know, put in his place and he's called of God and blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, oh, okay. He knows everything then. And then they're like, oh no, but he, if he's wrong, he's just a man. But what does the Bible say? If a prophet's wrong once, then everything he says is wrong, right? That's what the Bible says. But also the Bible's only correct in as much as it's interpreted correctly. So the Mormons don't really believe in the full Bible either. So there's that. Wow. <laughs> so that's just to get there. That's just to go. Then you have to pay about 150, probably between 120 and 150 dollars to get your little outfit, um, which we have pictures of. You can um Oh yeah, let me pull that stuff up. Creepy, creepy looking. Um, yeah. So you wear this and uh, funny enough and the handshakes we might have to bring back after, but these are signs and tokens. This is what you wear. And this was the bottom corner is um, a, a recreation from the show. What's something banner of heaven, you know, that show it was like on Netflix or something. This is actually, they do this. I was there. This is what really set me off a little bit. Um, that's one of the things they do in this two-hour ceremony, and then we can go to the next one. I'll, you know, I'll come they do back do these. that in. Um, I mean, you see how they have their hands like this? Yes, do, do that they make means a cutting they'll moment? slit their throat. Do, yes, they do that, or spill their bowels. They do it down below if they ever ever do what I'm doing, which is be an apostate and tell the truth. And and I want to put this out there as a disclaimer for any Mormon viewers or any people that feel like I'm being disrespectful. Here's the thing. I was in this until I was 34 years old. I was raised in it and all of my family is still in it. And I was almost had my kids taken away. Like it goes bad. Like I was sued. I was reported to CPS. Uh, yeah, my family went crazy. And so um, to this day, I don't speak to most of my family and they're all still Mormon. And they would be very upset with me with this, but I'm not doing this to be a jerk and I'm not doing this to make fun of it. And I'm not doing this to do anything harmful to anyone. But if I were abused and, and I was in a therapist's office and I wanted to tell my story anywhere, they would say it was good for me, but I have to hold this in. I'm not, I'm not doing that. And if you don't like it, you can turn it, but I'm going to tell my truth <laughs> and this is truth. And there's probably other people like me. And most of the things I've seen on Mormonism are really careful about this because they say, oh, this is their sacred thing. And I'm like, okay, but how do you ever figure any of this out then? Like you, you're like, oh, they do this here. Oh, this and this. How do we ever break it down if we don't ever expose it, really? Like that's wrong. So that's why I did this. And I'm going further than most people would, but that's just how it's going to be with me. So they quit doing the slit their throat and slit their bellies in 1990 um, because too many people complained. A lot of changes, even though the church is perfect, they change it all the time, which is so funny to me. Oh. And I'm like, okay, if you're perfect, what happened with that? You know, but that yeah. move, uh, the slicing of like um, the stomach, the throat. And I think there's another one in the OTO. I think they so. do that. They do that in the OTO and the Gnostic mass and other things. They represent, you know, they don't do it on an angle. I don't think like that. It seems much more straight. Like it even well, looks and, like, you know, it's very. And uh, Joseph Smith was a master mason. And most people say that he wasn't. And I actually know that he was. They no, on the, on the YouTube account for the Latter-day Saints. 
they have a small little like two minute episode acknowledging that he was amazing. Now, now, finally, and and he got his well, and they say, oh, we don't know what what uh, degree he was. We're not for certain this and that. No, he was he was initiated. And then that was in March of 1842. And then two days later, he was expedited in two days to Master Mason on March 15th, 1842. And you guys can check my facts. I am such a huge backup on on anything that I spew because I don't want to be just saying stuff to say stuff unless no, it's my personal that. life. Yeah. So um, he he also has been told his brothers in the church and it's uh, Oliver Cowdery and um, Martin Harris and he, tons of other ones. Heber Kimball, Brigham Young, all of them were Masons. His brother was a master Mason. His father is speculated to be a Mason. And there's some huge occult background there, but you, I might you know, just remember the, the, the day of the, when he first started, it was Oliver Crowdry that scribed for Joseph Smith, right? He was the second, uh, uh, Oliver Cowdery was Cowdery, the Crowdery, second, Cowdery. Uh, you're good. He was the second scribe. Martin Harris was the first. Mm-hmm. By the end of the time he finished the Book of Mormon, he, gotcha. none of them liked him. They all hated him, and he excommunicated both of them. So that's fun. And it's because they kept catching him with other women because he – and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm a polygamist. Um, this is all sacred and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, the stuff that Joseph Smith was doing, which they refused to admit in our church, our own church said, nope, he was not a polygamist. Yes, he was. Oh, he was, yeah. I, yeah, but they, they only came out with that when the internet hit. And then they did a big thing and started saying, don't look up stuff on the internet. I was still in then. They say, doubt your doubts. Don't doubt your faith. It was a logo. And they would talk about it at church. Don't don't look for outside information. If you have questions, go to your bishop or LDS.org. Don't talk about this. And the thing about the Mormon stuff with the temple rites and all of this None of this is ever to be breathed or talked about except for inside the temple. Well, when you're inside the temple, you're doing stuff because it's all very regimented and it's all so quiet. So when the heck are you supposed to going to talk about that? Like Mm -hmm. never. When are you going to end up there with your bishop? Probably not ever like again, because you go. So you get there and normally you go either when you serve a mission or if you're doing baptisms for the dead, when you're young, when you're like 12 to 15, you go as a youth group and we'll get into that. Cause that's a separate thing from all this. Um, and then you go when you get married, but, but if you're a single woman, there used to not have anything that you could do. But my grandpa like was Catholic forever. And my grandma was a Mormon and she really wanted to go. And she went to church every Sunday and did all this stuff. And they did make an exception for her in the late eighties because they knew he might never go. Um, because when you go, the first time you go, you are sealed. If you're with a husband or wife, if you're going on a mission, it's a different thing, but you're sealed for time and all eternity. So they believe that when you get married and there's an altar picture on one of these and it's a wedding, the, the people by an altar are getting married in it. And that's what you wear to get married. You don't wear your wedding dress and you don't say wedding things. And there's no I do and cue. And your family can't come unless they have, uh, they're qualified to go, their little recommend. And they know, even if you tried to fake it, it's all digitalized. So then you get into this. So 
you get, you're going to go to get married. You're all excited. You go there in your fancy dress. And when you get there, they give you that nice, well, you've already bought it and it's $150 and they own the patent and you can't buy it anywhere else. But if you don't have the patent and you can't afford it or whatever to make your own or buy some, you have to rent them from the church. And so every time you go, you go rent them, you change in a little locker room and then it used to be when I went, this is where it gets really fun. They used to make us get naked. And then they give us this poncho to like put on. It's like a not see-through poncho with the slits open on the sides. And I was hugely pregnant then because we had to go later because my husband was a convert. And so... Real, real quick, I have in. a question. I have a question. Mm-hmm. No, anytime. Stop me. They want to just want to know what was going on here in this right. On the right. I will let's come back to that. Go okay. towards one with an altar. If you see one with an altar, we'll get you can just get yeah, we'll get there. Um any of the ones that are in the temple, and this is all gonna get really occult later, as oh, we all can see. You know what? I think the only <laughs> ones that I, that I have maybe I didn't send it. Yeah. Okay, so you lean over this um altar. Well, in this, we can finish it. So this is the sign. There's signs and tokens you receive. So the first thing that happens is you go through initiatory, which I'll explain here in a minute when you get naked, but now they don't, I guess. And you do um, a blessing on your body and your loins. And now they just touch their forehead because remember, it's perfect, but they change it constantly. So, okay. So they changed it because people were uncomfortable getting kid i know i was definitely one of those you sit on this damn cold block and you're like what is happening in here like why is there no cushion or nothing it's an altar i didn't even know that later you're naked on this altar thing it's just a stone slab it looks like a bench but i didn't know and then so some lady comes in and she's blessing you for your sinews i think you might some of this might sound familiar to you, like your sinews and your loins and your something and your, and anyway, I've read some Mason things and it's very similar. So this lady comes in to do it. And I'm the only thing that's bothering me at this point, even though I'm naked and cold and it's weird is she's a lady. She can't give me a blessing. She doesn't have the priesthood. I don't understand what she's doing in here. And none of this makes sense to me. I'm like, uh, what about, I'm like, yeah, wait a minute. What are you doing? Because I thought, when's the guy coming? And she's like, oh no, you're not dressed. So you have to have a lady do it. I'm like, yeah, you don't have the priesthood. I'm like, so how's that going to work? And she's like, oh, it's different in the temple. Of course it is because everything is different. So, all right. So we get through that. They give you your new underwear, which they do in Mason's as well. This underwear is more, this older versions with the long john but they still have it if you want to wear a one piece whatever nobody does anymore they look like a hanes oh yeah go back to that they look like a hanes t-shirt and some kind of longish boxer shorts there's tons of different material again the church owns the only um stores that sell these and again you have to buy them specifically from the church they're about 35 to 40 dollars a pair uh you need a lots of pairs of these because they're your underwear Um, You can't even put your bra underneath them. You have to put your bra over the top of them or underwear over the top of them or whatever else you're going to do. They're very underwear-ish. They've got like like the little panty area, whatever, for women. Yeah, that works really great wearing boxer shorts on your period. Like it's the worst thing ever. And then they have maternity ones, blah, blah, blah. So they're making all this money, right? Because these do not cost this much to make. And there's pictures of kids in sweatshops making these in China. 
So that's fun. Um, then you get these Masonic symbols on them and it shows where they are on the chest. Actually, they missed one. So if you go down, see how it has a sideways cut on the belly. That's the ruler as well, like the sideways ruler and also on the knee. And so yeah. I remember asking like, why? And they have military ones and everything. Like they're supposed to always be white, but for the military, they do make exceptions and they make them in like army green and stuff. But you are to wear these all the time, except if you're going swimming because the devil has dominion over the water. And um, if you're going to make more Mormons, but you put them right back on after. And some people get really weird about that, but that's not a church thing. That's a them thing. And to shower but as soon, and you never put them on the floor and you have to put them in with your right leg first and your right arm first there. It's all very specific. And so you get these underwear and then you go through to the next part of the temple ceremony. And the one where it's a whole bunch of women and you can see all these veils, that's uh, the next room. And I had no idea these were Freemason symbols. I thought this was like, my grandma was like, oh, every knee shall bow. That's why it's on the knee. Like they tell you some story. I don't even know, but I had no idea. I wore these for years. Didn't know. (laughs) So the next picture on there where it shows a bunch of people like veiled and sitting down in the room. Um, Okay, wait, Heidi, what if it's like summertime and you're wearing like what you're wearing now? Nope, you can't. So you'd no. have to wear like long sleeve or short sleeve for the rest sleeve. of your life. Yeah. Wow. And you're buried in them. And so th- this picture here at the bottom. So the women and men are separated. They go on separate sides of the room and there's a speaker at the front or, well, there's still always a speaker, but whether you have a live session or a recorded session, a recorded session is just like a movie, but the live session is actually acted out like in full play, like they do this play. Okay. And so you go in there, you're separated. They do, they do their side. You do your side and you're going through the first time for yourself. So the first time you get your new name, you get your new name. Mine was Abigail. You get the man gets a new name. However, he only tells his name to the person at the veil who is, uh, God, simulating God. And I tell my name only to my husband because I'm only saved through him because I can't have the priesthood. Right. So, so it's so sexist anyways. So you are to only repeat that name to him. And someday when I die or he dies and then he calls for me through the veil, not God, my husband does. So, and he can call as many women as he wants to call and he can have a temple. He doesn't have to have a temple divorce. He can get married. My uncle got married seven times. Um, And he asked one time, like, who do I call? And they're like, oh, don't worry. God will figure it out. That's all they ever tell you when you have questions. Yep. And I'm like, okay, so I get married and I want this divorce, right? Because like this guy went super crazy and I have all the reasons in the world. He had an affair. He's on drugs. He abandoned me. He's not taking care of his children. He's gone. I can't find him. And so I'm dating. Like, what do you do for two years while you can't find this guy? You know? So I can't even find him to divorce him. So um, I'm stuck. And they're like, oh, well, you have to get remarried to get a temple divorce. We don't give a temple divorce unless you have another man willing to take his spot, first of all. Second of all, yeah. 
Second of all, my new husband, this comes later. My second husband found out because we had already had this baby and we had a little boy and he said, okay, so normally converts have to have their children sealed to them because like the baby was already born and he hasn't gone through with me yet. Right. But no, because I was already done and I was already in and I already had my children born under the covenant, which means I was already in before any of my children were born. My daughter was in me, but she wasn't out. So we already did all this garbage before she came out. So every child from then on out is born under the covenant and sealed to us immediately, like just because like there's no ceremony again, nothing. But people that are converts say your whole family converts. You have to take your children in and get sealed and it's for time and all eternity. So families can be forever together, which is unbiblical and not supported by any Bible, anything. It says what happens, tell what, tell death you part. And anything that's, that's here, we won't even be male and female later. Like it says that in the Bible. So anyways, go forward and you look into, oh, by the way, while you're over the altar, you might find this interesting. You're looking into eternity mirrors, like that go on forever you know, that you're not, that face each other, very magical stuff there. So the temple signs, they start doing this whole thing with you, like those weird pictures um, where they are showing you either the handshakes or the signs and symbols where they're like, yes, this. So this, and they're, they're doing actually one in this corner one as well. So all of these are signs and symbols that they're going to give you in the temple. So you're learning all this your first time, but it goes along with the story of creation, like of Adam and Eve. And they talk about how God, but, but they don't believe in one God. They believe in three. Like, they Yo, you know what in, you have to do? You yeah. got to go, you got to go look up an OTO Gnostic mass and watch the first five minutes when they even show the people come into the temple. When somebody goes to a Gnostic mass, and if it's your first time there, they always go over the signs that you're going to do yes, while, this you're, is what in, they do. while yes. you're in the Gnostic mass. And these things are in there. Yes. Except this for this thing, one. This exact symbols. Yes. And that's so weird. And the handshakes, the Masonic handshakes. Well, not the shit. Yeah, the so, handshakes aren't in there, but these, okay, these are definitely so, in there. Okay, also, top one is, that top nice. one is a handshake right there. You can see it. Um, it's, it's the two ball cane symbol, the two ball cane symbol with the knuckle. And then these ones, like I said, they took out the slicing one cause there was too much controversy. Then the circle thing, these, that's basically what you're doing in the temple. You're learning all these signs and symbols because if you don't know them, when you die, you can't go to heaven because you're going to go to the veil at the end. There's a big curtain that simulates the veil, like when you're dying. And my husband went through first and he gives the signs and symbols to the guy standing there so that you can learn them. And, and if he does it right, if he does it wrong, they correct him. If he does it right, then he's passed his test for the sentinels and angels that guard God so he can go to heaven. So, okay. He fakes going to heaven by going through this curtain. There's even like slits in the curtain. So you can't see the person. It's just a hand. And so you do all this stuff and then you go through fake and then he calls me and does it with me. He, he does, he's God for me. He's my God. Right. Cause of course he is. So that's fun. 
So they don't deny that they do these ordinances. That's what that little clip was that you just went to. It says that they're they're going to continue to do ordinances in the temple that are placed under covenant with him. And it, they always call it covenants. And I'm sorry, but in the Bible, it literally says you're not supposed to do oaths and covenants. And I, listen, I don't have a problem with the Mormons if they'll do one thing. Say you're not Christian. If you want to be whatever you are, an OTO member, if you want to be a Mason, if you want to be a Mormon, but don't lie to people and tell them they're Christians because it's not. And that is my problem. And that's why I'm angry because I was tricked into this. And this is crap because they will not utter a word of this to you until you get there because nobody can talk about it. I've seen that a lot before, like even just, you know, not getting into it, but even when I've said my opinions on certain things in the podcasting community, it's not actually, I could actually give two flying fucks what you're into or what you believe or what you practice is just that why are you telling your listeners that you're not into it? Right. That's the I'm problem like, that I have because then it seems a little yeah. shady. Why do you, why it you seems not being deceptive, honest? Yeah. For it sure. is deceptive because I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. Yeah. And not even my grandma would tell me, not even my grand, no, nobody, nobody utters a word. They are under such tight. And I feel like this is my opinion. I feel like most people don't speak about these things, like what I'm telling you, because they're still secretly afraid about the oaths and covenants they made about spilling. Cause they say you make these oaths and covenants in front of angels and witnesses. That's what they say when you're in there. Mm. So they say, if you break them, I don't just go to hell. I go to outer darkness, like with murderers. So I was watching an interview with a former Mormon just yesterday, actually, funny enough. And he was saying that even like, like your issue with calling themselves Christians. Yes. uh, The Mormon baptism is not valid. No, because they they don't baptize to God. They're baptizing for the church because I was baptized. So what the words actually are, are, you are baptized a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They don't ever say about God. They very right. rarely talk about the Bible or God. They talk about Joseph Smith, and we're not supposed to have idols. They got him plastered all over the place. And by right. the way, their Mormon Jesus is the blondest, most white and delightsome Jesus I've ever seen. He, He's like blue eyes. And one of my friends, after I got out, she goes, you know that he looks like one of the demons, like the water demon, some water demon. And she told me. Metatron or something. Yeah. And she was like, you better take that down. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think. So now I am so diligent on my daughter. I'm like, I show her the Jesus from the Shroud of Turin. Like he's very, and he's brown. And I tell her, I'm like, okay, listen, he was from a place where people are brown and I don't care what color anyone is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. My, uh, my whole family's mixed. So, I mean, she didn't have a problem with it because my whole family's mixed. So like we just, it's not a thing for our family, but for other people, because they feel that that's the mark of Cain to be black and it, the church is very racist. Well, they lie and say they're not now, but they are. Um, <laughs> but anyways, until the fifties, they couldn't even oh, go yeah, through. I yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't even believe like at all. This is on the Wikipedia. So it's not even like, yeah, know. I can't believe there's any black or Brown or Polynesian, any kind of members that are any kind of Brown. Sorry. I cannot believe if you're brown or a shade of brown or a particular anything of brown or black, you must go through and read what they have said 
Because one of the main quotes that stick out in my mind and why I say white and delightsome, and it's funny, but it's a Mormon joke because all of the prophets used to preach to the Native Americans. And there's a literal quote from Spencer W. Kimball, who was one of our prophets. And remember, they're supposed to be perfect until they're just a man. I don't know which one it is. But he said, as we have preached more unto our Native brothers and sisters, they have become exceedingly white and delightsome. No, they didn't. You killed off everyone they could mate with, and they had to mate with white people, you idiots. Wow. <laughs> you know, um, I'm interesting. The whole thing is so deceptive. Like, yeah. um, what was I going to say? Um, you, okay, even I'm Canadian, right? So, like, right. this is a little bit removed from me. Oh, are you Micmac? Are you Micmac? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Because there's a story about that, so. Oh, oh I know. yeah, I know we, about we, the Micmacs. Yeah. I am Micmac. The, are you okay? <laughs> I'm the Mormons from Alberta and whatnot. But anyways, um, no, I wonder, like, if the Learning Channel has anything to do with this or if they are owned by Mormons because I feel like growing up, and the only experience I have with Mormons on TV is the Learning Channel, but they never... Or Sister Wives or something. Sister yeah. Wives and the Duggars, which is also some other strange form. There's been, or, a, bit of, there's been a few of them on, uh, on uh, 90 Day Fiance too. So the, I do... Right. They, they, get, like they, get, they get their reality like, TV on. It's kind yeah. of like normalizing these very interesting offshoots of Christianity, but without ever specifying what they are. I'm just like, oh, that's like what Christian people are like in America. Like, I guess. Well, and <laughs> like, I yeah. want to be very clear. The FLDS, which is there's there's three types. Well, there's many, but the three main is the reorganized church of Latter-day Saints. OK, that was the break off that happened when Joseph Smith and his brother were killed. His wife continued it with through their sons and they made a reorganized church, which doesn't believe in polygamy at all because she was not down. She beat the shit out of one of his little girlfriends and she had a miscarriage. They said she fell down the stairs, but I found another quote that was like, no, she didn't. So, yeah, and I don't blame her because, girl, I get it. I did that once. Anyways, that happens. (laughs) You lose your temper. I I don't know if I'd do it if she was pregnant, but just still. And so that church is that one then there's the mainstream we call it mainstream lds which is what i'm teaching on today and then there's the flds which is the polygamists but even the polygamists are multiple sex there's at least three and some follow warren jeffs even though he's still in prison they still follow him and all of that is still carried out through his brothers everything in that area i used to live right outside of colorado city really close to there in st george utah so they dress like little house on the prairie they they're very old school no tvs none of that stuff they can't they have to do their hair certainly like it's very strictured they pick their husbands they all that all that stuff so and there's a lot of controversy about abuse in that one but i'll tell you this and then there's another one that is just like them but they don't dress like that but they wear long sleeves they wear long hair because they don't cut their hair because it's their crowning glory okay so this part though it sounds controversial because of the actual abuse lately. Before Warren Jeffs, his dad, Rulon, was over that sect. And he was actually a better person. And he made sure all the girls were 18 to get married. Most most all of them. Like, there was not this childhood bride situation. I mean, that's still really young. But they were of consenting age. They still choose their husbands. They still push all that crap. 
but they believe in the real Book of Mormon. Like before it's been messed with a hundred million times, like what mainstream has done. They are actually more true Mormons than any mainstream Mormon. They actually keep to the old, the old rituals, how it was set forth by Joseph Smith. So when people bash on them, it's because of the people that carry it out. And I don't care what they do other than the Christianity thing. If they want to have 45 wives, I really don't care. Like, just don't live off the government because they do. It's a big thing that they are only spiritually married to those wives and they all get assistance. So they believe in called bleeding the beast, which means they believe in using everything at their at their disposal that they can. Any kind of uh, government thing because they hate the government and they want to bleed the beast. So, wow. Yeah, it's very interesting. And they don't finish their homes. If you ever go there. We can do that on Colorado City later. But anyway, if you ever go there, their homes are like weirdly half finished because they don't want to pay taxes on them. You don't have to pay the same tax. And they know all the things they know. They have their own sheriffs. They have their own government. They will follow you if you go into that city. They will question you. And it's kind of scary. Like they are not messing around. It's like some Scientology moves right here. Oh, for real. (laughs) Their stuff is like Scientology. Like my, my sister actually married one that got out of that sect. And so we know he went from one alien to another one. Yep. yep she <laughs> did. And I was like, Oh, anyway, so that's that. So on oh, this, real, this... real quick, I did want to mention, cause I see now we're getting into occultism. This is why I, mm-hmm. I did ask you earlier. And then you started going on into something. I didn't want to re-interrupt you again to make a point. Yeah, no, no but I, the reason why I had asked you, I'm almost positive that whoever did start scrying for Joseph Smith, I think it might've oh, started yes. on April. Martin 9th. Harris. Uh-huh. I think it might've started on April 9th. I, I could be wrong. And I mm-hmm. always found that interesting because like um, April 8th was the first day of the writing of the book of the law of Alice the Crowley. Yep. Yep. And so, well, and, don't and, and the thing this. is too, this sounds weird. You have an Oliver Cowdery. Alice yeah, the yeah, Crowley Cowdery just sounds Crowley. weird. Yes. And the first no. one, well, the first one that did it for him was his wife. And then he got Martin Harris. And if you've ever seen the South Park on it, it is quite actually correct in a lot of ways. They banned it everywhere, but um, it actually kind of w- went like that. He was a wealthy banker. He helped him s- s- be his scribe. And then his wife got pissed and took some of the pages. And that she's the one where they say smart, smart, smart at, at the cartoon because she said, okay, I, she burned the papers and said, no, but it said, if I'm going to give you all of it, it's okay. <laughs> I'm like, all of this stuff, if, if we're going to give him all of our money, then I want to see some proof. And he said, no, no, the angel told me because you did that, I shouldn't tell you what those books said. So we're going to translate other books. So, yeah, so it's kind of funny. And he predates it before Jesus. But and also on your point, this is actually super interesting because, okay, John D got the Enochian alphabet. How saw an angel, right? So. Then they told him to do what? Write a book. Write this down. And there were many offshoots off of John D's writings and knowledge to make multiple religious aspects, right? Yeah. Or religious. There's been times I thought Joseph religions. Smith basically ripped his story off. Well, I, th- I actually think something different because okay. then on top of it, Alistair Crowley saw what? AWAS, right? He saw AWAS first and AWAS told him to do what? write this stuff down and he formed Thelema. 
And then Muhammad saw an angel and he wrote some stuff down. And what happened? He formed a religion. And then Scientology, they saw some angels and wrote some stuff down and they formed a what? A religion. So this story has been done before and I don't think any of it's a ripoff. I think they're uh, Nephilim spirits or fallen spirits that are coming to these people and having them write many false religions, just like it says in the Bible. And it says that there'll be many things that will lead them astray and they will be beautiful and they will be um you know, full of light. And and that's why they say you can never just trust an angel, right? Because you never know what you're entertaining. That's what it says. And Joseph Smith's cute little story about when he was 14 and he saw, so he went to the grove and he prayed and he, he was, Oh, I want to know about God and which church I should join. And God, the father and the son appeared to him and he was overtaken by darkness and he passed out this is how this happened for real and that's the cute story version of it he doesn't explain later he saw up to 24 spirits and or angels that is documented so his mom wrote a fantastic little um book that they can't hide and it's amazing because it's going to get into all this occult beginnings and so After that, it took him four more years, and the story is almost exact to that. The one of uh, Enoch for masonry and how he kept going back every year to visit the plates and blah, 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 and they still had plates. It's so similar. It's almost silly. I think there was a real angel, but I think he took some stuff off of that story because he was a mason. And then he didn't receive the plates. Like they show it this cute, glorious thing. Like one day, like this angel came and it's all bright and beautiful. Uh, uh, that happened on the fall equinox in the middle of the night, all dressed in black. He received these books right after he got married. And I'm pretty sure before he had sex, because part of his thing was he was a virgin scryer. These parchments are from his family line. His mother has a quote on here, and she was a follower of the house of Abrac, and they worshipped Abraxas. They have documented her talking about how she follows the house of Abrac. And he got hurt when he was seven and got typhoid fever, and he got osteomyelitis in his leg, and he was sick for years and had to be in the home and laid up while they're all out treasure hunting. And he was bored, just like JFK. He was super smart. Why? Because he was sick and read a bunch of books. Well, he was sick and stuck in his house, and they were pretty damn poor. So he probably read whatever they had. And their background is Scottish. And I'm pretty sure they had the Magus by looking at some of this stuff. I want to so, ask you real quick. Um, this just brings back more, like I think, occult symbolism tied to yep. Mormonism stories that well, and I guess this story probably came. I mean, it did come before Thelema, so you know, I again, a question you know, who ripped off who, but uh, right, you or you, same you, angel, same yeah, angel, yeah, yeah, different yeah, yeah, appearance. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you know of a uh, metal uh, mountain meadow massacre? Oh, yeah, yes, of course. See, Crowley yes. wrote the MMM also. And yep. the the Meadow Mountain Massacre also happened between September 9th and September 11th. Supposedly well, he between also, those dates. He talks about Joseph Smith. You know that, right? 
Well, so I find it interesting that like even with 9-11, every single plane number had to do oh, with, yeah. with, with, a, with a Crowley book. And then you have Crowley writing the MMM and there's the Meadow Mountain Massacre that happened mm -hmm. technically around the same date around as 9-11. I'm like, what yep. the hell? And then you got some guy with a name really close to his name. Yeah. Just very weird. Cowdery. Well, and I think it's channeling, to be honest, because he uses. OK, so these parchments he wrote. These are in their family. This is their family writings. And this one actually has a demonic name in Enochian alphabet on it at the bottom. It calls down uh, Jubilance or some demon. Oh, yeah, and and there, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff in ja. here. In fact, this, this scared the Monday brothers. They were like, we got to pray right now. I'm like, I always pray before too. Don't worry. <laughs> like, and they were like, no way that looks scary. I'm like, well, it, it, I mean, yeah, you know, so he was the scribe virgin scryer and he was the seer stone user for the treasure digging. And all of this had to do with that. He wrote these, uh, there's no proof, but they're in his family. They were kept by his brother. They also had a Mars dagger with the Mars symbolism on it and they executed and this was documented that his neighbor paid the dad this he died with this Jupiter talisman on him and his wife actually stated that that was his because all this other stuff they say oh well yeah, they said he was wearing his. that when he was in the jail cell right she said he never took it off so I know you have that knife um, in here somewhere yeah there's the Mars knife and so that they, is wild um, that is yeah. definitely the Mars well, sigil right there. And the sigils. And the that's sigils. like planetary sigil or like, I mean, people who mess with Kabbalah would probably still use yes. that because of the planetary. Well, and they think, they think that he maybe was exposed. People say he wasn't, but that he had this mentor when he was quite young, maybe around 13, 14, that was actually the cousin of his coming future wife, Emma Smith. And his name was uh, Lumens, well, William Lumens. Isn't that interesting? lumens like light bringer like oh, light yeah. yeah this all freaked me out when i started didn't, like ding ding yeah Joseph's i was like oh my gosh so he came to town just randomly he was like a doctor they said okay joseph Smith never had any exposure because he was this poor farm boy not so this guy brought many books with him he was a doctor and he had traveled all over europe he was actually really familiar with multiple things of magic and was known as a magician and so with his mom being in the house of a Brack, and that's where Abracadabra comes from, is a Braxis, which, by the way, that demon is a necromancer, which plays super into stuff later because. Well, then the baptisms the of the dead, too. The like. dead. Well, every work is for the dead in the whole Mormon temple, except your, your own. You do yours first and every single one after that, and you're encouraged to do as many as you can a month are for dead people. What? It is a necromancy it is yes and so this all this his seer stones his knife and there's an actual those circles that were um and they're not necessary i mean we can do it or not but his dad was actually looking for treasure and drew two circles in the dirt with a sword and then made the cone in the middle for the triangle cone and was using like all kinds of weird sigils and muttering like spells on the outside trying to help this neighbor find treasure and he wrote it down so this neighbor this is his account like literal from his journals and then he said they said to him it will work better if we can slaughter your black sheep at midnight tomorrow and we can do this again. And they use that knife. And that knife is 
is for blood sapping if you look up stuff like it's crazy so they used that and these sigils are all part of the treasure hunting you know and if you i'm so curious later i know we're on live but later on the one where, where it's kind of red and i included it at the bottom i'd be so interested to know what they say like more yeah, about sure. what they say because i know that weird symbol is about that jubilance uh demon oh, Jubil but, uh jabulon Jabulon, yes. yes. And then, yes. so all of this stuff is not Christian. Like, that is the same. And that says, what, holy of holies? Like, sound familiar? Like, mm. holiness to the Lord, holy of holies. That's on our temples, too. And there's upside-down pentagram. There's pentagrams oh, doesn't every, on the doesn't temple. Oh, doesn't every temple there's, doorknob have a beehive on it? Yes. Oh, we are excessively, we are the beehive state. Utah is the beehive state. We are, we were settled and given that name. It is all completely Masonic, which was one of the things I sent to Josh in that school. There's like this big uh, beehive, like old fashioned, like crusty antique dead bees in it. And I'm like, this is so creepy. Like what the heck is going on here? But he, and he did the Masonic sign right before he died, but they ignored him because they were pissed. Because he ripped off their stuff. And you know who William Morgan is and that whole story about the Masons? Do you know that story? Yeah. Okay, so he was like this anti-Mason. And he started like going out and writing all the books on it and talking about Masonry on the corners and was pissed and just like going off, going off. But he, he was into Masonry before that. And then the whole anti-Mason movement happened because of him. Well, one day he happened, they brought him up on charges, which they did the same thing to Joseph Smith that are basically like jaywalking. Like it, it was silly. Like nobody gets in trouble for that. He got in trouble for treasure hunting is what he got in trouble for. But Morgan got in trouble for some other thing and it was a debt or something. So somebody paid it and he got out and then nobody ever saw him again, ever. He's like a big famous story. And so funny enough, Joseph Smith married his widow. Of course, <laughs> spiritually. Yeah, spiritually. And she had all this Mason stuff. So she had all his stuff because he was a Mason before he went anti. And so he had, and she was super in love with him. She was the only one of his 34 wives that showed up to the funeral, all dressed in black, like a mourning widow, like everybody else was on the hush, you know? And so he got his temple ordinances for a Mason and exactly two months later created his own within two months. So, I mean, I, there's no doubt in my mind that he completely ripped it off. Like that sure, sure sign of the lion's paw, our sign for that is called the sure sign of the nail. Like he just made it about Jesus. He probably read the Bible a lot, stuck in there sick, you know. But I do think he saw apparitions because, okay, so the brother too, okay, when he got the plates that night, most likely, see this circle thing, most likely that night was his wedding night. So I'm sure they consummated. That was the same night he supposedly got the plates, which was on the fall equinox nine months, almost to the day they have a baby and it's extremely like deformed and it dies right after it's born. Cool. Yeah. Nobody talks about that. In fact, half his kids died at before one, like six of them, I think five or six, which is interesting knowing what you know about sacrifice and babies and weird stuff. And I don't even want to, but that's speculation, but whatever. So yeah, that there's that. And then his brother actually died, which was also the, the dad's firstborn. I think they were both Faustian bargains. 
on both, and they named the deformed son the brother's name. And he was one of the angels that he supposedly saw. So that's all interesting and fun. These are all seer stones that he supposedly um, right, translated the Bible, the Book of Mormon with. He He's shown doing it with a breastplate and a Urim and Thummim, which is like these really thick glasses. But actually, the real truth was he would put his head in a hat and use these seer stones. Yes. He didn't like this one as much. He liked the brown one more. There's like a, a brownish colored one, but see that one there? Um, but... Either way, he had multiple, and so did the neighbor. This was, like, not that unusual, and especially with his mom being, think of it, too. If she's a, in the cult of a brack, she, who's he home with more, being sick and hurt? He's home with his mom. Why they're all out, you know? So he's learning all this stuff from her. I have no doubt that, that Lucy Max Smith, and with her quotes, and they can't get rid of it because she made a book. <laughs> and just like our current, our current president of the church, not mine, I say our still the president of the church. The Mormon church is a Skull and Bones member. He didn't go to Princeton, but he is a Skull and Bones member. And he made a biography and he's a doctor. And that book is now like $1,500 or something because they don't want it out. Yeah. It's, it, it gets, it gets deep and all of this has to be related. Like I can't be the only one that's, you know, figuring it out. Is, but. It, is it true? Have you heard that? Uh, I think at one point he might've put a lien on the church because of uh, like Egyptian artifacts that he bought. Oh, okay. So he did buy Egyptian artifacts. This is the book of Abraham. So the, I didn't do the pictures of those, but they're very sure. interesting. And he said he prayed in revelations, the whole pearl of great price. So we believe in, um, the Bible, the Book of Mormon, the Pearl Great Price, and the Doctrine and Covenants. Well, the Pearl Doctrine and Covenants is like a whole bunch of rules, and so is the Pearl of Great Price. They're revelations that he received by praying. And in the Pearl of Great Price, it's all this stuff about how he was trying to get a revelation for backup or more things that for another book. And lo and behold, somebody came to town selling corpses and Egyptian stuff and all this weird crap. And it used to be in the Book of Mormon when I was little because I was fascinated by it. Because, I mean, the whole book is like boring. So you're like 10. Flipping through it, I'm like, ooh, this is creepy looking. So... <laughs> You know, you just stare at it. And actually what it was, they were death certificates and and like death, like a death ceremony. And it was just an Egyptian death ceremony. They, they've proven it now that it was complete bullcrap and that he just bought this stuff from some vendor, you know, peddling Egyptian artifacts. And he claimed that he found them and that they were oop, the next book, you know, the next thing. I think people were calling his BS because the printer that first printed the book his family was already known for this treasure hunting and they weren't good at it. And so they had already made a lot of enemies in town. So when all this started going down and Martin Harris backed the printing, because at first they were like, yeah, we're not doing it. He's poor. We're not going to do it because money, you know? So when he finally did get a backer, which was Harris, they had to do it. So then the guy that was reading it as he's printing it, he did not like Joseph Smith. And he made a satire of it called, uh, oh my gosh, some, something about the eye of, 
I'll think of it in a minute, but oh. he made some satire of it. And it is the funniest thing. I mean, just jokes on jokes. He's like, if we can't literally make him stop it, then I'm going to make this satire. And they got pissed. And then he went and copyright the Book of Mormon because he wouldn't stop it. And it was like all like just funny, you know, like instead of, oh, and Nephi came to town and blah, blah, blah. And he's he would just like make fun of it. So it was pretty funny. But yeah. Do you remember I, um, the groups that were involved when he when he got killed? Wasn't one of them called the Greys? So they all, I think what happened was they were Masons, to be quite honest. Um, they all painted their faces and, and hid their identity because he had taken the Masonry stuff and he had taken it so far and they found out he was going to like start letting women in the temple and all this stuff. They were pretty upset that he was changing it. And he was making every person that he was involved with in the church, a Mason. Well, pretty soon he had more members than they had in all the rest of the state. So I think they were getting scared is what it was, but they never proved per se who like specifically because they painted their face. But I, I mean, I think I think they were Masons, and that's why he gave the Mason sign. You uh, know? I think maybe it was um I I could be wrong. I think there might have been wasn't there like a militia there that was supposed to protect militia. Uh -huh. They were supposed to protect him, and I think like somehow they didn't. Um, they I think I think the name of them was called. They were called. They were called the Greys, and I even thought that was kind of funny, considering like what you know alien yeah. like you know aliens you know, and there is some sort of kind of like you know I wouldn't say I guess it is kind of like alien I hadn't heard that nickname, but it makes sense because they would put mud on their face and mud dries and. Kind of turns the gray too. Yeah, and then again, you, like had, you had Crowley and Lamb, which kind of looked like an early mm. depiction of a gray. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and he he flat admits like he saw many apparitions, more than just like what is documented, and nobody knows that. Like I didn't know that. I didn't know any of this stuff. Like I didn't know about this stuff. Like that's why they didn't want us online, you know. And as soon as I started finding out the smallest of things, I was I was out of there. Like that that was scary to me. It had already pushed my ex husband over the limit with the whole "Don't worry, you don't need to have your son sealed to you because he already is." Because her ex husband and my <laughs> husband at the time, he was like, "And I'm done." <laughs> Do you just call my son that loser's son that I'm raising her children? Like he was so mad. And I was like, oh, and then you start studying and yeah, it went one thing into another for me. Like I said, it went really bad for me actually, because my oldest daughter um, at the time was dating a missionary and he was on his mission and uh, she was going to get married to him. She thought and all this. So I was playing anti-Mormon propaganda and my grandma found out and went and filed CPS that I beat my child in her head and neck daily while I was like five months pregnant. And uh, so a whole investigation happened. She was like 17 and a half and they finally told her, okay, because they didn't buy it. They were like, this is crazy. And so they said, all right, well, if that's the truth, then you won't have a hard time continuing this case even after your 18th birthday and we will perjure you. And she just was like, I don't even know what's on that paper. My grandma wrote it. <laughs> and so, yeah, my grandma did that. Then she um, sued me for every penny that she'd ever spent on my children. And then she told my whole family I was a thief. Wow. 
And so nobody talks to me. Like no, nobody. Like I lost pretty much That's most like of my really family. Like except my mom like because she was out already. So yeah. It was rough. It was a rough time. That was a rough time. Wow. They're, they really come after you. And the church, you know, I mean, she just couldn't have an apostate for the only one. I was the only one that made it. Like I was kind of like her extra kid because she took me in at 12 and her other kids, none of them had gone to the temple. So they were all pretty wild and unruly, you know. I mean, like my uncle was a sundowner. I don't know if you know what that is, but yeah. like a hell's angel. Oh, okay. He was like at the top of that. So I'm watching Sons of Anarchy and I'm like, oh, this is real. <laughs> yeah, that was like my life. So she was really upset when that happened with me because I was like the good one. Like I made it, you yeah, know. She had a higher expectations for you. Yeah. Oops. And I still have fam- tons of family I love in, you know. And that's why I say about I'm not doing this to hurt anyone. But like this stuff, come on. Like nobody sees this stuff. Like. This is scary stuff. You know, this isn't normal. You, you've you seen things like this. Like, this isn't normal. You know, this is weird. Like, and I just feel like that people should know before they go in. Because once you're in there, it's too late. They keep telling you you can leave, like, in the middle of the ceremonies. Oh, and the ceremonies, back to those weird pictures. So after you get your name and do the veil stuff, but the, what the chanting is, what he asked about this, they used to say Pele L and that circle and what it is. And this is important for any listeners that have like any family members, anything that was Joseph Smith's uh, Mason uh, apron. Oh, I wow. thought that was interesting. Also the aprons we used to wear at, before 1960 Satan's apron. Satan gives us that apron in the ceremony. I like it, how you use the, the Deseret news, which is Mormon owned. And so they give us the creation story and then they're, they're crying out like Pele L to this and Pele L means, Oh, hear me. Oh, false God. But people started knowing that what it meant. And then because in Hebrew, the way it's written and they changed it to now they just say three times they raise their hands and say, uh, Oh God, hear the words of my mouth. And that's in the ceremony when they're doing it because somebody asked about that. But they do it over a book of names. So if anybody ever says, oh, oh, not can I pray for you? They'll say, can I put your name on the temple list? Say no. That's the list in the middle. The guy holding that book in the center is the list of the names of all the people like that are sick or problem or whatever their grandma called in or whatever, whatever they put your name in there and they do that chanting over the book. So don't say yes. <laughs> yeah. That's how they help people out. Apparently. Oh, you know what I wanted like, to ask you too? Um, maybe you'll have anything. some uh, idea about it. I guess like with their missionary work, um, I guess I might have something to do with it as well. But like you had mentioned earlier about, I think, them kind of like preaching to Native Americans. Um, yes. Now, I know that they also kind of got huge with Hawaii. Recently. And Latin America as well. They, Do you think I that's like, like a way um, of them of still almost doing the same thing? Like, mm-hmm. But in my opinion, I think it's just like grow a cult on <laughs> I I actually too feel like it's because the people to you is there something with Hawaii that you think yeah I I feel like the people that they reach out to the most like they come they come as a liar you have to understand these young kids don't 
do you think some young kid at 18 is studying this like I am? No, he, he didn't. He went and did the stuff and thought just like I did. This is weird. My grandma said, don't worry, it gets better. You'll get used to it. That's it, literally. So you move on with your life and you do this. It's not like you go once and you're done. No, no, no. Then you do all the genealogy. This is why they're so big into genealogy for all of your family. And they get every name that's ever been born and breathe the breath on this earth. And they put it in the temple records for you to go do that for them. All of them, all the sigil magic, all the crap, all the marriages, all the baptisms, everything for dead people. And I know they did Hitler as well, by the way, they got in trouble for it. So, and then, oh, and they started doing all the Jews. Yeah. That died for their faith. And there was a huge problem with that. The Jew, the Jews were like, nope. And they started getting their butt suit off and they stopped. So after that, that was enough of that. Like they overstepped boundaries on that one. And there was a court intervention to stop that, to cease and desist on that. And that is so wrong. They, they died for what they believed. You don't do that. But so to your question that the preaching is these kids really go out there and say, you can be with your family forever. You can be with your wife for time and all eternity. They want to hit on the people that are super family focused and Polynesians are very family focused. And so are Latin people. They're very into the whole like, you know, unit of family and keeping like grandmas and grandpas and extended and all that. And I think they know it. I think that's why they hit with that because if their great grandpa died and they miss him a whole bunch, they're like, Oh, you'll be with him again. And Oh, in the celestial, maybe in one of the kingdoms. Cause there's three. You don't just have to, they always one up everything. There's not even just one heaven. <laughs> I heard that um, Mormonism is really big in Brazil. It is because again, you're talking to what Latin communities yeah. that are very like, they take care of their grandmas. They take care of their grandpas. They take yeah. care of, you know. Well, then they, um, like with the whole, like not allowing black people into the church for so long, it became problematic because a lot of people in Brazil have mixed heritage. So then yep. they made the rule, like, if you're of African heritage, yeah. you can be part yeah. of the church. But a lot of Brazilians probably are not African. They they allow but, anybody Yeah, now. so now yeah. it's like, but that's the problem when you have, like, a, a different prophet, like, all the time. And, like, right. this yeah. you can just be like, oh, well, I have a revelation. Yeah, that's what they do. this is okay. That's what they that's do. Okay, right? They so. they didn't do it till segregation ended, and and then there were a whole bunch of people upset about it. There's a whole thing. There's many like not just one. There are many editions of something called the Journal of Discourses, and that is everything that prophets have ever said that they changed. So oh, like wow. if they're like, oh, he was wrong, but this is why, but blah, 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 but we took it out, blah, blah, blah. Like it's all these things. And there's so many of them. I don't even know how many versions there are now. It'd take you a lifetime to go through them. And they lock all those up. They lock them up mm-hmm. and, and they try to take them down. They're, they're not one of the richest churches for no reason. And they're smart. They're no mm-hmm. fool. And then on top of it with the Masonic handshakes and Masonic ties, they can get in there with big players in the world. I believe the Mormons are 
running things right along with the occult. Yeah, no, I I have said that plenty of times. I mean, they own, like I've said, they own like a fifth, I think, of the private property in the United States. I think they own the most orange fields in the United States, in Florida. I mean, they're uh, like, you know, like I had mentioned something, I don't know what it is, but I do think there might be something up with Hawaii, and I think that has to do with occultism. Um, I, I'm almost positive that when the, sh- the Shriners were coming over from a trip to Hawaii, they came up with the idea of the Order of Quetzalcoatl on their boat. Oh, the Mormons in Quetzalcoatl. They, they th- yeah. They're See, and there's Mormons one. who actually go to that pyramid yes. and walk it because yes. of Quetzalcoatl. And then still, so does the Order of Quetzalcoatl, which is Mason yep. and inner, an inner order of the Shriners or Mason still. Yep. Very, very weird connections with that. And then you mentioned Brazil. And like Brazil, in my opinion, uh, you know, not saying it's good or bad, depending on how you look at things, is a hotbed of occultism and spiritualism. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and you because have them going over there, and they're, they're probably excuses, oh, we got to go save them from their horrible right. beliefs. Right, well, save religions. them. But mm-hmm. like, ah, and, I don't buy that. <laughs> and if they see all this weird stuff, if they are into a tribal or a an occultic type mindset, I think it's easier to bring them in, you know? And, the, and I, I really think it's like an easier transition for somebody because they see, oh, well, they believe in this or they believe in that or they believe that God isn't just... Um, the Trinity, like they believe in separate gods. Oh, what does that mean? You know, like, is this more acceptable? I feel like it's like more, it's like more accepting, but you have to also remember that they make you feel so loved and so like you're everything until you get to a certain level and they still do that. But then you're so watched. Everything is regimented. Everything is watched. Everything is, how are you doing this? How are you doing that? Do your kids go to every activity? Do, are you, I mean, there it's something every day, almost of the week. It's, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, young men's meeting, young women's meeting, primary meeting, church on Sunday, uh, relief society meeting for the moms, don't forget the priesthood meetings for the dads. Then we have to go and do our visiting teaching, which you have to go together with a partner and go do teaching to other people in the church. And then you have to go. I mean, it's like it's the, it's it's the most busiest, miserable and you're hot because you got, <laughs> you got the garments on. So you're like, I don't think I was ever more hot, miserable or sick in my life. And you're just weighed down and you never feel good enough because they don't want you to, they do everything with guilt. You know, they want you to feel like bad. Like, Oh my gosh, I broke down and had a cup of coffee. I'm going straight to hell for that one. Like not normal things, you know, that's not normal, but Hey, enjoy a Coke because we own the company. So Uh it's like, it's like the nicest mafia in the world. It's like, they are a mafia smile and then just, yeah. And have you seen how they speak? Like there's something called general conference that happens a couple times a year. And it's um, when everybody stays home and everybody's to watch the TV, everyone, anyone in the church must watch. It's the prophets going to talk and address, address the members, the the, either the quorum of the 70, the quorum of, of the 12 or the prophet. And there's a Godhead on that too. There's three and then there's 12, just like the apostles. And then there's 70, right? So that's how it is. And you have to go and listen to them talk and speak about whatever they've got on their mind, but everybody's supposed to do it. And they speak like this and they're so nice and sweet. 
they're white and delightsome too. And it's just like the strangest thing. It's so unnatural masculinity. It's not even as a child, I was like, what's wrong with him? You know, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, you just feel that it's not normal. Like, even as a kid, I was always like, wow, he is weird, you know? And to this day, I don't, I, my husband works in a mine and wears work boots. I'm one, I just like guys that are one step above Neanderthal. Like I want nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I want nothing to do with the white and delight, some sweet and innocent little, you know, it's just too much. I guess he is super white. He has a redhead, but. Oh, ginger. Uh, yeah my husband and my ex-husband gingers oh, wow. <laughs> i got a got a ginger thing yeah. something i wanted to ask you you mentioned it before um only because of i guess time constraints i don't have much time yeah, to no, go into fine. it too much but uh, somebody brought it up in the chat and it it was something that actually was going through my mind especially when you mentioned that you were micmac um I had somebody come on the Occult Rejects, I think, for a two or three-part series, my boy Thrash, and we covered Native Americans. And there was a lot of symbolism and stuff that they use that you see cross over right into occultism. Ah, ah, huh. I bet you, you know, and, and, and I'm not, I, and I'm not going to start with well, the so, chicken or the egg, whichever came first. But yeah, there is, they are there, using the there. same symbols. Well, and that's why I'm a, a little bit micmac is because my great 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 great. I mean, even in my DNA, it's like you're a Mormon settler. Like, boom, it's like that generational curse was super fun to work on. But um, it, anyway, he was a missionary in Canada trying to convert people and he married a Micmac princess. And so that's why I know that. And it did come up on my DNA. Uh, It it didn't come up as native American. It came up as Aboriginal Canadian. So uh, it's definitely a true story. I mean, it was, I was always kind of like with my mom, she's super Brown. I'm super white. And I'm like, sure, mom, you're just trying to figure it out. Like, (laughs) but they, but they all are, they all are like not, super i would say like you like nice olive skin they tan they got nice dark hair i'm like i came out and i'm like dirty blonde green eyes super white and they're like whoa what happened to that one (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure that oh she's white and delights them no she can stay (laughs) it's it's a strange and i have so many other things i could like i sent you a whole bunch of things but like when you're trying to, and you said this in one of your Skinwalker episodes, when you're trying to break this down, it could go everywhere. Like it's so much. I could probably do a 10 part series on Mormonism if I arranged it correctly and went through each thing. But what, how do you even get there? You know, it's so much. It's like, just even watching, like even with those ancestry sites you were talking about, I was using those things and like literally looking at like lists of ships that came over here with like them just piling, which is I thought was another weird thing. Joseph Smith started it here, but yet we had tons of people from Europe coming over here to join. Right, him. right. No, I think I, I honestly. Yeah, a lot think of boats were leaving from Liverpool, coming straight to New York. And and guess what? My other ancestry is almost completely Welsh and English, Scottish and Irish. Like it's like a little bit Scottish Irish. And a ton Welsh and English. And and you're right. And it's really an odd, I don't believe, I know this, I'm a conspiracy theorist, whatever. I don't believe the story of America is what they say it is at all. No. At all. And I won't say the pledge. 
even though I love America and I love my, every person in my family served and my brother died and he was in the Navy and like all my uncles, one of them's a green beret and he's like airborne and like a big deal. And by the way, he agrees with me <laughs> and he's done super secret missions. But um, anyways, I believe in all of the men and people that put, it's just like the Mormon church, like the people are good, but the top, top, it's no way. You know, and I, my son's the same way. He won't do the pledge. He won't, he's like, I'm not swearing to anything that's not God. Like, that's not God. I'm not. And he, he's right. You know, it's Mason. It's Masonic. And I think there's a lot more. There, there were people here, I think. I don't think there was not, not well, just Native Americans. I think they've I even think shown, like, proof of, like, free. Uh, the Vikings. The Knights Templar, too. like, actually, like, building stuff mm -hmm. here prior if you just going, you know, I don't think they ship the Statue of Liberty here. That's a bullcrap story. How? I thought of that before. Just going by your the Mormon text, though. I think according to them, they were here before Christopher Columbus. I think they have ideas that um, they may have. One group may have went to Mexico and the other to Canada, and didn't they kind mm -hmm. of like meet? And you had the Nephites yep. and the other ones yep. and that they were fighting. You had Lamanites. The yes, Nephites, the La Lamanites. Lamanites. Yeah, Lamanites. But here's the thing. That's okay, another thing, lamb. You're getting lamb again there. Yeah, <laughs> the Hill Cumorah, there's no way. It was literally in his backyard. They, The church owns it. They won't dig it up. They won't show any. They have no relics. I mean, if all this stuff happened and that huge war happened that they talk about, then how come there's no relics? How come we can't prove anything? How come, you know, you can do that with the Bible. You have the Dead Sea Scrolls. You can do that with other things. But he would say things like about the golden plates. Oh, well, if you set your eyes upon it, then you'll you'll die or whatever. But there were some people that did and pressed him on it. And then he's like, just kidding. Those aren't really it. And I'm like, okay, that was super convenient, you know? And I just think that what happened was this Lumens guy that came to town, he was reading Greek to the people there. And the people were like, oh my gosh, this guy has this magical book. Look, at it. it's this magical book. And I, it was like, I can't even remember what Greek book it was, but it's, it wasn't magical. It was just a book and he was reading in Greek. And so I think he saw him doing that and the guy did it for like a year or two and then they ran him out of town. And I think Joseph Smith saw all of this and went, Hmm, maybe treasure digging is too hard. I have a bum leg. I'm not doing that. I'm just going to do this instead. But I do think he encountered a creepy angel only because I believe Alistair Crowley's story too. And Scientology and all of it. And I think what he was doing was he was going out because he couldn't get the plates for four years. I think he was summoning, summoning things. Look at those charts. Look at all the dead people he said he saw. He wasn't, he was into necromancy. I mean, like I said, the cult of Abraxas thing, it makes so much sense that he was a necromancer demon because well, it sounds like he was scrying when he was even just reading the plates. Yeah. I mean, so it was just like he was yeah. scrying. That's what he was doing. Well, and it was automatic was writing. Hand. And he said, yeah. And I'm like, that's such a lie. And and he, I mean, he said it was all written originally in Egyptian hieroglyphs, but I don't believe that. I think it was an Okian alphabet hmm. uh, because they said they were all symbols and then he would translate it later. And so what he would write down after he put his head in the hat and get in the dark and think of, what do you think of the hat you see with, with magicians? And what do they say? Abracadabra, because they make it so... And that is a magical word, and you know it, and it comes from the house of a brack. 
And it's just too many coincidences. There's no proof for that other than there is proof that she was in the house of a brack because she wrote be about it. Diver now. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, there's something going on with that. Like you can't, I don't know that you can make that much up. Like everybody says, Oh, he made it up. I don't think he made it up. I think there's a lot more to that story. And same thing with Crowley. I, same thing with Parsons, same thing with Muhammad, same thing with them all, which is why I want to nail down a John D specialist and have a chat. Cause I'm like, Hey, there's too much similarities here. This is weird. Well, you know what I, I do think, it, you know, it's, I think you could easily pull this off. Like if you were taking an old story or something that's happened before or you wanted to like plagiarize this stuff, like if these people are buying your shit, they're basically like they're in a time in their life where they're like searching for anything. But it's like yeah, they're trying to find right. this positive positive god or this positive entity that's going to change their life it's not like they're going down the other road where they're like oh i want to like you know get into some dark deep shit because i'm pissed right or whatever right. i'm not looking into occultism they're looking for no. a religion you know what i'm saying they want so I these people will have is. no idea about the other shit because they're not exposed no. to it it's like christianity on cocaine that's what it is because it's like elevated it's like okay i can't be an occult person but this stuff is cool and they still believe in christ but kind of because it's not the same Christ. By the way, the Holy Ghost is different than Christ. That's different than God. And they believe God was a man. But don't worry, because someday you'll get your own planet. And then they retracted that. And I'm like, that's bullshit. I learned that in seminary. Like they talk to you about planet Kolob and that you're going to go and make spirit children for all your life. And that's the spirits we bring down. And that's why they push us having so many babies. They're like, oh, you want to bring your baby spirits down from heaven because it, they believe we live in a pre-existence. They believe we're alive before creation. And so they have all these stories like Joseph Smith had an answer for everything. And for that, my friend, I tip my hat and you can use it to put your rock in because I'm telling you this. He was one smart cookie. <laughs> he was no dummy. I mean, if, and they say that he was super charismatic. I mean, he had to have been 34 wives. You serious? Like, and, and even nowadays, the way polygamy runs, you can't go marry somebody else's wife. Okay. That's not a thing. He was sending men on missions, which is where the missioning started from. He was sending them out to be missionaries and banging their wives. And that's the truth. Oh, so he was hooking up with them and marrying them. Doing what and, King, King David did in the Bible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm like, yeah. okay, well, you know, you got to, and they said you could be in a room with him and you would leave like all these accounts that people he excommunicated and treated like crap. They said, if you were in a room alone with him, even if you, he owed you money, anything, you would leave the room smiling because he was so charming. And I'm like, I bet he was. I bet he was. And they say he was pretty good looking. Although I saw a picture and he remarkably, from, I'll send it to you, looks like Epstein, which is pretty weird. But I'm like, they say he only had 11 children with his wife. Okay. Six of them or five of them died. He has all these other wives and not one other kid. Bullshit. Bullshit. They say, oh, no, no, no. He didn't have any other kids. He's banging half of the freaking town. What are you talking about? Nobody else got pregnant but the one lady that got thrown down the stairs. Like, no, I highly doubt that. By the way, she went on to marry Brigham Young, that lady. <laughs> it's a, oh, it's a twisted web we weave. So much drama. 
Oh, it gets do you know really who Lucy, dramatic. You remember, uh, do you know who Lucy Bigelow was? Lucy was Bigelow. It? All right, no, she she was like an earlier female name, kind of like in the beginning of Mormonism. Uh, oh, okay. But I, I was really trying Franny, to... I was Franny trying something to, wrote a book. That was, was his cousin. tie her to uh, Bob Bigelow from Skinwalker Ranch, Robert Bigelow. Ah! Yeah, because like I, everybody I else, everybody else with that ranch has has been a Mormon except for him, and you got another last name that matches a f- well-known. Mormon. And I bet he's a Mason if he's not Something. a Mormon. He's definitely. I definitely think he's in occultism because like he even like yeah. he offered some like. Uh, I think it was like a hundred thousand dollars or something to like uh, the person who could like write the best, I guess, thing on their opinion on uh, is there life after death, and if there is, so oh. what is it? And like just oh, to me, yeah. it's like I think he, I think he wanted to find an occultist. Who well, you know why? Because something. I think the Kabbalah, you know, with Joseph Smith and all the degrees of heaven that I mentioned, it's so similar. I bet you he knows some of this stuff. This guy, you know, I don't know that guy, but I've listened to your series on him and i i definitely believe that this is why i believe it was an angel and angel magic and weird stuff is because they are too into woo woo there is too much going on with the mormon church the weird occult stuff the woo woo stuff the skinwalker ranch other things like that they are too into it there is something up there and native american stuff too to go into that because you know that they they talk to gods those are not they're they're probably fallen angels or demons most likely i mean we know that there's power in that and the thing that people skip over they want to talk all about king james in the bible but they sure forgot about the book on demonology that he wrote and it's just as important because here's the thing whether if you want to practice it go ahead but if you want to be a Christian, you better know your enemy because why do football people go study their teams that they're going to go up against the next week or the next week? Yeah, you got to run the plays and know who you're facing, period. If you don't know anything, good luck. Good luck to you because stuff happens. Weird stuff happens. And this world is not explained like they say it is. There's no way. Mm. There's no way. I truly believe that there's some weird stuff out there. I can agree. But that's just me. I mean, I'm sure you, and I'm so curious when you look at those sigils, what you think later, like if you get time to study them, maybe some of them will say something more on there. I did have someone saying that that weird looking pentagram might've been the, uh, the, you know, a Magus symbol. So I will add that. I meant to say that before when I saw him. uh, So it's so, I think he definitely had a copy of the Magus and the church goes back and forth and says he had no way to get it. And I'm like, bull crap. What about the guy that came when he was like 13, 14, right about the time he said this all happened. He had been traveling to Europe. He was a doctor. What are you talking about? He didn't have access. That guy probably had all kinds of access. He was the one reading the book to people. Hey, I wish I could remember the book. It's like a really famous Greek one, but he was like, people thought he was magical because of it. They were like, Oh, look magical, you know, because he, he could understand it, which is weird. Uh. I don't know. All right, I think we'll wrap it up there because we're getting pretty close to where the kids coming home. Okay. And, and it's, and <laughs> it's right. been going on for an hour. 
five no, minutes now. No, no problem so, at all. Yeah. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, thank I probably you. could you very ha- have a lot more to tell you someday if you ever want me back. So Yeah, no, like I like I said, and you know, you did cover a lot of it. I was very interested in like the actual practices in the church and the yeah. you know the lot yeah. of the ritual stuff because you know, I th- I just think it's you know it's peppered with occultism that you know moment. Definitely, sure. I think you're 100 you know, percent right. I'm gonna watch that Gnostic. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out the beginning of that. They will go through the hands and signs, and I do think you'll see some commonalities. Very weird. Very weird. It's that's wild, and yes. I do think you're right. I think they cross, and I think there's too many important Mormons. They're in too many important like positions i i i'm not buying that it's all just innocent and there's temples like we when we get if you ever talk to me again or whatever but or listen to some of the other ones there's underground tunnel systems there's somebody was just mentioning that in chat too stuff. yeah yeah yeah. Yep, yeah there's stuff it's weird oh, pl- oh yeah the there was symbolism. other stuff i could have gotten into and i was like that's a whole other topic if they, yeah that's somebody. why i didn't i was yeah. like oh if i go there we're gonna get way it's already hard enough to corral like yeah. To stay on topic, so ah, hopefully thank I you did very okay. Much. No, that was great. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank you for having me, Teresa. Thank you very much for jumping on. Uh, I didn't get it before I was going to have you do it, and I think I just forgot. But you want to plug your show? <laughs> oh, <knows>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead first. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So it was really interesting, Heidi. Thank you so much. I, I thought I knew a lot of like Mormon beliefs, but like, man, you. <laughs> 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 my face like, way the episode, I'm like <laughs> that's crazy but I'm glad. Um, yeah. yeah thank you so, um yeah so if people want to hear more from me they can see me on the spiritual gangsters podcast with you and also we have that new awesome live Monday mornings definitely Clown check it out so fun we got a really a uh, lot of good feedback on the first one so yeah uh, we did actually yeah, yeah a lot of people enjoyed it so it was, it was pretty oh happy cool that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun where we just like, you know, make fun of the news, basically. You guys are super busy. (laughs) I'm like, man, I'm barely keeping up over here. You guys are running. We try, we try. But yeah, thank you so much for having me on, of course. Yeah, no, Thank you, it was nice to meet you. And uh, Heidi, let everybody know where they can find your stuff. And I do have her links in the, uh, or I'll add them. I think I added them already. Yeah, I had them prior. They're already out there now. Okay. All right. I'm at the Unfiltered Rise. I'm newer to the world, YouTube, Spotify, uh, Instagram, and I think that, and TikTok. That's it for right now because that's all I can juggle. I didn't do a Facebook or anything yet. It's too much. I got to keep up on one thing at a time. I made an account and I just shared it with it. I don't even go on it. Yeah, it's so hard. I'm like, oh. Every once in a while, I'll jump on there. And uh, I mean, this is even for people that might be listening live if they haven't, you know, hung up already. Um, on Facebook, like a lot of times, unfortunately, I'll get messages and I won't see it for like three months later because like I, I literally yeah, so just nice. use Facebook just to stream right. out to I, I don't check. Right, know? right. So but that's yeah. a, probably good. I understand. It's well, too much. It's just, yeah, that and it's just it's like it's really one of the more shittier social media. Apps, right. In my opinion, yeah. Anyway. I'm surprised you can even put things out. Sometimes they're so bad. Oh, I've it. had them like remove the audio. Oh, we'll keep up the video, but we're going to remove the audio. I'm like, what's the, what's the <laughs> point? That's so weird. No, thanks. You're just thanks. there like. <laughs> yeah. Just take that's it down. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Just destroy it. If you're going to do that, you've already messed it up. Come on. That's funny. Oh, boy. Well, it was a pleasure, yeah, and no. I'm really appreciative. Anytime you want to hear more Mormon stuff, let me know. No, no, definitely. I'll definitely have you on for some Mormon stuff, maybe even some conspiratorial Mormon stuff. And if we ever talk about the FLDS, that's a whole nother. Oh, see, yeah, see, yeah. 
Yeah, there's you can't there's do a, that one at the same time. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a different uh, there was a different one that I was like, oh, if I get into that, that's a whole other yeah. topic. So, yeah, that I would yeah. like to have you maybe come on and talk about one day. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Always. Thank you. All right. Thank, thank you, you very again, much. Teresa. Thank and, you so uh, much. Thank you everybody who jumped in on the live in in the chat. That's what's up. I uh, put it, you know, I was throwing up some of the uh, posts in there. Thank you everybody who added to uh, you know the guest in, in in the chat. That's what's up. That's why I like going live, and I'll say it again. If you're checking out the live, check the live chat. There's always great stuff in there, almost like another whole separate show going on sometimes. Oh, so, yeah, it's pretty cool, and I appreciate it, and that's why I go live. Um, and until the next one, everyone, be well. All right. Later. Bye-bye.